evening, we're just going to share some truth from the Bible. Just talk about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done for us, his love for us. The Bible says in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's an awesome thing today to think God loves us. A lot of people today walking through life, not ever thinking about God, never going to church, never picking up a Bible. Maybe the only time they use the name of God is as a curse word or something like that. Yet to think that that God loves them, that he cares for them, that he desires to bring them to saving faith. You know, God is an amazing God. He designed us, he gave us life, he gave us our personality, our individuality. You know, evolution can't explain that. Evolution can't explain uh, aesthetics, why it's pretty, why it looks good, why it tastes good. Evolution can't explain the fact that you and I have a conscience, something inside of us that tells us what's right, tells us what's wrong. The Bible speaks about that in the book of Romans. It says God wrote his law in our hearts. And praise God he did, that we understand that there is sin. Sin is anything that we do that breaks God's law. Sin is a transgression of the law. Anytime that we violate God's law, we sin against God. The problem with that is that the wages of sin is death. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the wages of sin is still death. Even though Jesus Christ died for us, even though he paid the price for our sins, even though he made a way for us to be forgiven, the fact is, each of us has to individually accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. Somebody that doesn't have Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior is not ready to enter into eternity. The Bible says, he that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things that are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you know that you have everlasting life. Even religious people will often say to me, uh, you know, I hope I go to heaven, or I think I'll go to heaven. But God doesn't want us to have a hope so or a think so salvation. God wants us to have a know so salvation. Friend, you know for sure that if you die, you go to heaven. Is it beyond a shadow of a doubt? Has there been a time in your life where you repented of your sin, put your faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sin? The Bible says about that death of the Lord Jesus, it says, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. Yeah, the sin that we committed, God was, God was wounded for that on the cross of Calvary, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is God. About Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he forgave sins. Only God can forgive sin. The Bible says about Jesus Christ that he's creator. Without him was not anything made that was made. He's the designer, he's the giver of life, he is God. And yet on that cross, Jesus Christ died for us. The Son of God was separated from God the Father. He cried out in that place, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why was, why was he God forsaken in that place? He was God forsaken for you and for me. Why? Because God loves us. To go back to that verse, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says before that, for scarcely for a righteous man one wouldn't die, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't matter today how hard the heart of somebody is against God. It doesn't matter how much their ears are closed, their eyes are shut, but to the truth of God, it doesn't matter that. What, what matters today is that God loves them. What matters today is that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died for them. And that's you, my friend, and that's me. Jesus Christ loved us so much that he went to the cross, the cross of shame, the cross of suffering, the cross of death. He went to that cross for us. He died for us. And yet people go through life never thinking about God, never never thanking the one that gave them uh, life and physical life. You know, it's a sad thing. People can say, well, hey, Ben, what's the problem with being an atheist? You know, I'm a good person. I try to do good things. Well, the thing is, do you ever thank God for your food? 
Do you ever thank God for the air that you're breathing? Do you ever thank God for your family? Do you ever thank God for all the good things that He has given to you? And just think what an affront that is to a holy God that designed us, that gave us life. Not only did He give us life, but He gave us a book of precious book, a book of all books, the Bible, the very Word of God. It is the guidebook that God has given. You know, I can look up today and I can say there is a God. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth His handiwork. When those thunderstorms come rolling through later tonight, we ought to be reminded that there's a God that sent that. There's a God that designed that. The, the water a cycle is a part of life, and we accept it as being a part of life. And it's a part of the design that God has put into the creation that shouts that there is a God. The rainbow, a symbol that has been taken over by sinful men, the rainbow is a testimony from God that he will no longer judge this world with a flood, and yet God's judgment is coming. His judgment is coming in a fire. You can read about it in the book of Revelation. Here in the book of Revelation, it speaks about the tribulation time period where God's judgment is going to fall upon this earth. And yet, despite that, God desires to save us. You know, there's Sunday is tomorrow. What is that? That's the Lord's Day. It's the day that ought to be set aside to worship God. It's the day that ought to be set aside for us to get on our knees as a people and to say, uh, not only God, thank you for the life physically that you've given to me, but God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for paying the complete price so that judicially I could be forgiven. There's a lot of religions today that teach if you say to God, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me, that God forgives them. But what they forget in that religion is that there's justice that must take place and that judgment must be upon our sins and that it's only through Christ, the Son of God, that died on the cross for our sin that we could be forgiven. He is our substitution. He died in our place. He took our place on that cross. And I praise God for that. God loved us so much that He died on the cross for our sins. Jesus is the Savior. That's what that name means. Why did He come? He came to die on the cross for our sin. Not only that, friend, but He came to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a lot of people today not thinking about God, but I, I pray God would awaken the heart of that person because that's what God desires to do. God's dearest uh, desire would be to bring somebody from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. His greatest desire would be to work in somebody's heart today, that they pick up his book, his, his Bible that he's given to us that testifies to us of who God is. It's a book that was given to us supernaturally. It's 66 books, 40 some human authors, written over 1,500 years, and yet, and yet this book all agrees because it's a divine book. It's a book that is inspired by God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God gave us this book to teach us how to relate to him. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when they sinned against God, they were ashamed and they hid themselves. Sin separates us from God. Sin has broken our fellowship with our creator designer. It has not only done that, but it's brought the punishment of eternity in the lake of fire. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Then it says, This is the second death. And so our sin not only separates us from God, but our sin separates us eternally from God. The Bible speaks in 1 Thessalonians about everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. The truth is this, God in this life has the power to save men, but after he dies, too late. The Bible says that it's appointed unto men once to die, but after that, the judgment. 
Every single one of us will die someday and we'll go before God. At that point, it's too late for us to come back and say, I'd like a do-over. I'd like to go back in life, learn a little bit more about God, learn a little bit more about Jesus Christ and what he did as he died on the cross for our sin. It's eternally too late at that point. And so it behooves us in life to pick up a Bible and to begin to read it. I recommend reading the book of John. The Bible book of John is one of the four gospels that God has given to us. And in that book, it says that these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believe it, you might have life through his name. That book in particular was written to tell us about the life of Christ, to tell us about his message that he brought of hope, his message that he brought of forgiveness, his message that he brought of life, and that message can be ours today through his death on the cross for our sin. Again, if you ever see the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, nobody would laugh today. Sadly, some would mock. Sadly, some would despise it. And yet, if you had a heart at all, if you looked at the cross, you would see a man suffering. You would see a man being agonizing and put to death, not for his sins that he had committed, but for ours. The Bible says, He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, yet we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sin to make a way for us to be reconciled to God. Our sin separates us from God. If we die in our sin, we'll spend eternity away from God in a place the Bible calls hell. It's a literal lake of fire. It's eternal separation from Almighty God. You know, in life today, everybody gets the sunshine. Everybody gets the rain. Everybody can cry out to God and have God's mercy. But when somebody dies and enters into eternity, it's forever too late to go back and to change anything. And so what should we do? we got to pick up a Bible, begin to read it. Begin to understand who God is. Begin to understand the love that God has for us. You know, praise God. The, God, the love of God is great today. The Bible says again in that, that, that verse, John 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world. You might wonder, then who's the world? The world is anybody. The world is everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why did the Son of God die? The Son of God died because there's an eternal death. The Son of God died because men are on their way to eternity in the lake of fire. The Bible says, wide is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go in there at. Narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. And few there be that find it. The vast majority of people today are godless. The vast majority of people today do not care about God, do not think about God. If they talk about God, it's to blaspheme Him or to live a life that blasphemes Him. And yet that God loves them. That God died for them on the cross. That God made a way for them to have forgiveness, that God made a way for them to have his gift of everlasting life. You know, you might think today, well, I'm a religious person or I'm a good person, so I must be going to heaven. And yet the Bible says that by the works of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. There's nobody that can cleanse their own heart today, no matter what you did. If you become religious or become good or something like that, it doesn't take your sin away. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. It's only the perfect Son of God, the Holy Son of God, that died on the cross, that paid the complete price for our sin. It's only through the Son of God that anybody can be saved. That's why the scripture says, He that hath the Son hath life. 
He hath not, the Son of God hath not life. I'm looking at a lot of people today, and I can't see your heart today, but if I can know if you've got Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would know whether you're on your way to heaven or you're on your way to hell. Nobody today, no matter how good you are at anything, is going to get to heaven without Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The scriptures say elsewhere, neither is there any other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved. The only way of salvation is Jesus Christ. And again, very sadly today, the vast majority of people are living their life against God. But I would say this, sometimes people say to me, Ben, I wish I had your faith. Or Ben, I wish, you know, I'd grown up in a Christian family or I learned about God. Uh, you know, I can't believe because you don't understand maybe where I'm coming from or something like that. But can I tell you today, friend, that anybody can believe in God, anybody can pick up a Bible and begin to understand what Jesus Christ did for them. There's a man in the New Testament. His name is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before he got saved, he killed Christians and he put them in prison. He was a very bad and a wicked man, and yet he got saved. He put his faith in Jesus Christ. He became a preacher of righteousness. He went from living a life against God to living a life for God by the mercy of God. And he said this, you know, God did that in my life for a pattern for them which should believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if the Apostle Paul could get saved, anybody could get saved. Again, you might say to me, Dave Ben, I'll never think about God. Well, listen, you might be thinking about God right now, and you didn't plan on thinking about God. I just encourage you to take it a step further. Begin to investigate who God is. Begin to pick up the Bible and begin to read it, and begin to read it maybe with your family, read it with your wife, read it with your kids, read it with your mates, and begin to look into the Word of God and say, what does that book say about God? You know, the sad thing is today, this book is is mocked, it's, it's, mis, it's maligned. Uh, people say myths, legends, Chinese whispers, stories when they speak about the Bible. But then they take this same book and they use it to find archaeological digs. They use it, uh, you know, to, to establish historical things because this book is incredibly accurate historically. It's incredibly accurate archaeologically. This book is, has got prophecies in it that are thousands of years before an event took place testifying to what would take place. You might ask, well, where do I find those in the Bible? Well, if you know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, look at Psalm 22. In Psalm 22, it says they pierced his hands and his feet. You may say, Ben, big deal, talking about Jesus. It's talking about the crucifixion. What's the big deal? They pierced his hands and his feet. Psalm 22 is written a thousand years before the cross. A thousand years before Jesus Christ would die a crucifixion, the Bible said not just that the Messiah would die, but it spoke about the very way that he would die. Isaiah 53, some 700 years before the cross, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. It says he was bruised for our iniquities. It says the chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. It's speaking about the fact that a man would have to suffer, that a man would have to die, that he would pay the price for our sin, that God would put on him his wrath against us. And there on the cross, that's exactly what took place, but it was 700 years after the word of God said it would take place. Friend, only God could do that. Only God could speak about things before they take place and testify of them ahead of time. Read the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation speaks about what's happening right now. It speaks about a one-world government. It speaks about one-world economy. It speaks about a cashless society. 
That sounds like the day in which we live. And it's speaking about the tribulation time period. It's speaking about something that will take place in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount when that third a temple is built and a man brings it up that is the Antichrist. He's a false prophet that's going to make himself seem as if he is the Christ. He's going to unite the world underneath him. Many are going to follow him, but he is a false Christ. Hey, we can see it happening in our day. The world coming together and saying all religions are the same religion. Uh, we saw it happen with COVID-19 as the world united around a common cause. Listen, it's happening. It's going to happen. Where does the Bible speak about it? It speaks about it in the book of Revelation. It says in the book of Romans that 2,000 years ago, it said a society that gives itself over to atheism and God rejection is going to be given over to sexual sin. Specifically, it speaks about homosexuality. It says that in the Word of God some 2,000 years ago. And I don't know about you, but when I came to June of this year, I'm embarrassed to see a society that has rejected God and has turned its back on God. But it's just like the Bible said 2,000 years ago in the book of Romans. That truth ought to shatter us. That truth ought to wake us up. We ought to stop looking and listen and say a book that speaks that specifically about the sin of men when they reject God is a book that we ought to stop and look at and say, surely that is the word of God. And I praise God today again. He's given us his book, not because he's against us, but because he's for us. Most people that I look at today can read. You can download an app to your phone. You can put in KJV Bible. It's a free app. Anybody can get it. You can read it on the bus. You can read it at, at your home. You can begin to understand who God is. Do you know evolution does not have the first answer to life? A simple question to ask somebody that believes in evolution is where does life come from? Science says that life comes from life. And so where does life come from? Evolution uh, assumes that life happens. Well, how does life happen without life? That's a false assumption. It breaks the very first law of science. And yet the Bible has the answer in the first verse of the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This word of God is true from beginning to end. You know, Genesis 1-1 was not written because someday men were going to reject God. It was not written because evolution was going to become such a strong, false theory in the heart of people that despise God and want nothing to do with God. It was written because it's the word of God and God penned it because he knew that in the heart of men they were going to turn their back on a creator, designer God. Yet the Bible says in Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And because he is God, he makes the rules. Because he is God, he's the judge. And so someday we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account to God for everything that we've ever done against God. In fact, the Bible says this, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. As you walk around our streets today, you hear again and again, not just bad words, but the worst words being said by children, being said by women. Uh, you know, our society ought to blush in shame of the great ungodliness that is in our hearts and in our life because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Friend, I know this today, that if there's profanity coming out of your mouth, that your heart is defiled, that your heart is against God. Why? Because that's what the Word of God says. 
You know, only the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has the power to cleanse the heart of somebody like that. But I praise God that God does have that power. That God stands willing today to forgive those that will get right with Him. In fact, Jesus, uh, it, God's Word says this in the book of Isaiah. It says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is a forgiving God. God is a merciful God, but that does not happen without repentance. That does not happen without us looking at the cross and understanding that there on that cross, Jesus Christ suffered and Jesus Christ died so that we could be forgiven. Friend, has there ever been a time in your life where you bowed your head before God and said, God, I don't understand why the Son of God, Jesus Christ, loved me so much that he died for me and paid the price for my sin. That he didn't stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. When you personally looked at that and said, God did that for me. The cross was for me. The Savior died for me. Friend, that could be your testimony. It could be your testimony that you've looked at the cross and understood that the Savior died there for you. That he paid the price for your sin. That you could be forgiven. That you could receive God's gift of everlasting life. You know, there's a lot of things that people live for. This weekend, the pubs are going to be full. People live for alcohol. They work to drink on the weekends. A lot of people work so that they can get a piece of paper from the bookie and, and uh, give their money to gambling. A lot of people live for their fornication or their sin or a lifestyle against God. But listen, when you die, is it going to matter that you had that drink? Is it going to matter that you had those drugs? Is it going to matter that you had that lifestyle that was against God? You know, why not live your life for something that's real? Why not live your life for something that lasts, something that's eternal? The Son of God, Jesus Christ, that died on the cross for your sin. There's only one thing worth living your life for, and that's the soul uh, that you have that will live somewhere forever. It's a soul that your family has that will live somewhere forever. It's a soul that your neighbor has that will live somewhere forever. There ought to be something in the heart of people on the street today that wake up and say, what this nation needs is God. This nation does not need gay pride. This nation does not need abortion. This nation does not need uh, climate change. What this nation needs is the love of God shed abroad in the hearts of people that they would have the hope that God alone can give through Jesus Christ. Friend, do you have that today? You know the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in a personal way. I'm not down here today preaching a religion. I'm down here preaching a relationship that you can have, that God desires to establish in your life. The Bible speaks about it in John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, Jesus looked at a religious man, and he said to that man, you must be born again. Except the man be born again, he will no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, the truth is today, if you've not been born twice, then when you die, you'll die twice. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior, because it's not just about physical death, it's about eternal death in a lake of fire. You praise God, the Son of God does not want you to go there. Jesus Christ died so that you can be set free. Jesus Christ died to make a way for you to be forgiven. God uh, sent His Son, Jesus, because He loved us. He sent His Son as a sacrifice, he sent his son to take our place upon the cross. 
Friend, again, have you ever looked at that cross and understood that what the Savior suffered there, what he endured there was for you? God the Father took the sins of this world and he put them on the cross of shame and on the Lord Jesus Christ. They nailed him uh, to his cross, King of kings and Lord of lords. But I praise God, God took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and he nailed it to the cross of shame, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, are you saved? Friend, have you been born again? Has there been a time in your life where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Without Christ, you'll perish. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You know, the sad thing is, today, again, just like at the cross, if you were to stand at the cross, you will not see people bowing before the Almighty God, dying on the cross for their sin. What would you see? You see people laughing at the Son of God. You see people mocking the Son of God. You see them cursing the Son of God, saying, if, you be the, if you're truly the Son of God, then save thyself. And yet Jesus Christ stayed on that cross, and he died on that cross. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Because the fact is today, no matter how much somebody laughs at God, or mocks God, or curses God, that if they die without Christ, they'll spend eternity in the lake of fire. Uh, God doesn't desire us to go there. In fact, the Son of God died to save us from that place. Friend, has there ever been a time when you picked up a Bible, begin to read it, begin to think about God, begin to consider who He is, His claims upon our life? Why not worry about the Creator? Why not do something maybe unusual for our generation and go to church and begin to learn about God and begin to understand about the Son of God that died on the cross for our sins? Father, I pray for the power of God to touch the hearts and lives of people in Edinburgh today. I pray for you that you're almighty God, and that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And Father, I praise you for the grace that you give. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.